Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. Hey, how you doing, baby? <laughs> Wasn't looking to fight at all. Just came here to talk some Great Lakes Confidential with you. Great Lakes Confrontational? Yeah, it's getting confrontational. And this is a, a good week for confrontation because we're going to talk about a topic that's big here in the Great Lakes. Yeah, you're gonna are you going to school me on some stuff? I'm going to try. I'm going to try to school you. I uh, might not be the, uh, the the best messenger for this whole thing, or maybe I am. But we are talking about the game. Which game? The game. <laughs> you know what the game is. <laughs> this is Michigan, for God's sakes. When I say the game, <sighs> we're only talking about one game. The Lions? Michigan versus Ohio State. Oh. This is a game that has been played 116 times so far. Wow. Wow. It's a game that highlights all the hatred between two great Midwestern states, Michigan and Ohio. A game <laughs> that highlights a hatred that existed before there was even a state of Michigan. I'm going to need you to bring it down a couple of notches. Sir. I can't. I can't. We're talking about the game. There's I... a lot of energy in the air. Wow. So when is this game? Well, this year it's, uh, well, typically it's like the, the last uh, Saturday of November. Okay. So we're coming up on it. This year's game is being played on November 27th. Okay. Um, it's it's a big one. Is um, that Thanksgiving weekend? It's right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I believe, yeah. So Thanksgiving weekend. But so, yeah, it's typically, it's always played at 12 noon, the very last game of the regular season in college football, in the Big Ten season. Okay. The stakes typically involve uh, the high stakes, because normally, historically, Michigan and Ohio State are two of the, the greatest teams in college football history. And often, the game comes down to whoever wins the game possibly goes on to win the national championship. Things have changed a little bit as far as rules for national championships go, and it's more convoluted now than it used to be. But typically, the winner of this game would go on to win the national championship, will go on to go play in the Rose Bowl, all that stuff. But we're here to talk about some of the precursors before the game, part of the reasons why... 
people in Michigan hate people in Ohio and vice versa. Yeah. Well. Now, what were you going to say? Probably something not nice about Ohio, but I should keep it to myself, shouldn't I? You're ingrained to think that way, aren't you? <laughs> I am, yes. I'm trying to take the high road. I'm trying to take the high road here because I, I've been to Ohio many times. I love the state of Ohio. I think it's a very fascinating, very cool state. A lot of neat stuff going on down there. And I'm also a Michigan State fan. So sure. I don't really have any allegiance to the school Michigan. Right. To those University of Michigan. To the maize and blue in Ann Arbor. I don't hold any allegiance other than... You know, loving the city of Ann Arbor sure. and living there for some time. I do like Ohio, just just to clear the air, so no listeners think that I've got it out for them. I don't, I don't hate Ohio. That's um, fine. I, my sister lives in Ohio. My best friend from you know being a little tyke, um, Miranda, she's in Ohio with her family. So I don't hate Ohio. I just think it smells funny sometimes. Right. I know. We have to get through the uh, the typical. You know, Shelbyville versus Springfield discussion whenever you talk about Michigan and Ohio. All right. Because they don't like each other. Tell me about it. All right. This whole thing goes back to way, way, way back when the United States was very young and there weren't very many states. Just a little baby. Right. Let's take this back to 1835. Wow. 1836. 1837, when Michigan decides to apply for statehood. Out of the primordial ooze that is the Northwest Territories. All right, do I got to go back even further? All right, let's try to no. <laughs> let's try to say this simply. It's it's a difficult topic to kind of get into. I don't know why it's so difficult for me to get into, but let's let's try it this way. All right, so we had the Revolutionary War, right? Okay. Where the United States fought England for the right to be its own nation. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, now the Revolutionary War, the American Revolutionary War. We don't really learn about this in American schools. Like in American schools, it's like this is where our history begins, the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. But the American Revolution was actually just one theater of war in a larger war between the British and the French. Now, the French controlled, uh, you know, large parts of of Canada, Quebec, Mm -hmm. down through like uh, the American West, you know, west of the the Mississippi River, um, large swatches of... North America, okay. where the British colonies were just there on the East Coast. Got it. There was a war fought, the, the Ten-Year War, which is funny because we'll mention that again later, the same term. The Ten-Year War between the, the British and the French that was being fought, you know, just probably about 10 years prior to the Revolutionary War, taking place all over the world. Basically a war between two colonial countries, you know, trying to sort out their colonies, take colonies from each other, whatever. Anyway, when that war ends... Uh, England ends up the victor, and they they take claim of France's possessions in the in North America. Mm-hmm. You know, including Canada, including um, you know the 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 various parts of uh, what later became the United States, including the Northwest Territories, which is here in the Great Lakes, Michigan, Ohio, like the 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 this big mass of land that would later become you know Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, the Great Lakes states, mm-hmm. or the Northwest Territories. Um, part of the uh, the peace treaty signed between the French and the British said that the Northwest Territories would not be colonized by the British. It would not become, you know, part of the colonies. It would remain a Native American nation as a buffer to the colonialization. You know, the the American colonies headed out west. It was supposed to remain a buffer, keep the colonies what they were, America what it was, Um, which 
you don't really learn about this in America, but over in Europe, that's seen as one of the causes for the American Revolution. That the American colonists wanted to head west, wanted to expand into the Northwest Territories, wanted to basically the term manifest destiny. Everything that they saw was theirs. They Got wanted it. it. Okay. So that's, that may have been one of the, the things that sparked the American Revolution that we don't really talk about in American schools mm-hmm. is that desire to move west to, to conquer all this territory. Anyway, the Americans move into the Northwest Territory and they decide they're going to start carving it up into states. Ohio is the first state carved out in 1803. It becomes a state. You know, they're still trying to figure out the, the different rules for all the other areas, what's going to become a state and what isn't. And when, uh, what did I say? 1837 rolls around the Michigan Territory applies for statehood now at the time the Michigan Territory is just the mitten that we know the lower peninsula Mm -hmm. and they're applying for statehood um, and it comes up that well we really didn't figure out the border here between the states of Ohio and Michigan there's this giant tract of land called the Toledo Strip that runs the uh, the northwest uh, border the land border of Ohio basically runs from Indiana all the way over to, to Lake Erie. It's this like 400 square mile borderland that's claimed by both Michigan and Ohio with the city of Toledo okay. involved. This turns into, you know, aggression on both sides. The Ohio State militia ends up, you know, lining up on one side of the Maumee River and the uh, the Michigan militia, not the one that got famous, you know, during the, the 90s, yeah. but the the actual military forces of the state of the territory of Michigan line up on the other side and we're in this stalemate. You know, luckily no shots were ever fired at anyone. I think shots were fired in the air to try to scare anyone, but it's basically a bloodless war. No one gets hurt. The United States uh, government steps in to, to solve this dispute. So they figure they look at the map and they're like, okay, this is what we'll do. Ohio, you'll get the Toledo strip. You'll get the strip that includes Toledo and, you know, all the way across, all the way to Indiana and Michigan. We will give you the Upper Peninsula in exchange. Okay. So that's how Michigan got the Upper Peninsula. And at the time, it didn't seem like a good deal. You know what I mean? The Upper Mm -hmm. Peninsula was far away and it was wild. Yeah. And, you know, nobody really saw the value in it until they discovered, you know, all the mineral rights. But why did Michigan want to le- that strip of Toledo so badly? Like what? Like what's going on? What was going on there that that Michigan was like? We have to have it. Well, I don't. I think both sides assumed that it was was their property. Toledo has always been, a, you know, a, an important trading post. Okay, uh, it's right there on on, on the, the the far west end of Lake Erie. It's, okay, it's, you know, perfect for shipping and all that. So, you know, from a strategic industrial point of view, it's it's a it's a great city to have. And I know it's a joke because aha, it's Toledo. Everyone kind of jokes about it in Michigan and Ohio. It's mm-hmm. sort of like the butt of jokes, but it's Toledo. It's it's a cool city. You've had fun yeah. there. Everyone's had fun there. It's it's a a fun little Midwestern city. Yeah. So, that was was the dispute. We ended up with the uh, you know, all the the mineral rights in the uh, in the UP and the property and all that. And that defined the state borders. Now, cutting forward, you know, uh, um, the very first time that Michigan and Ohio State played. Now, first of all, you know, we're talking about two great ancient, as far as American history goes, ancient universities in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Michigan, um, they, they sort of, when they, they first established a football team, they established, now, hold on, I didn't really do the research on this, but I do believe that Ohio, that uh, 
Ohio is the state that football um, was created in. Okay. That's why they have the, the, the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And Ohio, to date, is probably one of, uh, you know, one of the top three football states in America as far as, like, players produced, fandom, just the general, you know, zeitgeist and excitement of football mm-hmm. is, is all right there in Ohio. But Michigan, the University of Michigan, and especially their uh, legendary coach, the first coach of their football team, Fielding Yost, really made football a priority for the university. This fledgling sport really decided, you know what, we are going to be the best at this game. We are, are this is what we're going to be known for, is football, in the early days. And they just were this powerhouse team around the turn of last century, like going into the 20th century. They just defeated all comers, just killed everybody. You know, it's a young sport. Rules are still being made. They're taking advantage. They're just killing everybody. And this upstart team from Ohio State, the neighboring, the neighboring school, mm-hmm. neighboring state school, decides, well, we're going to play them at a fateful meeting in 1897 in Ann Arbor. Okay. The, uh, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes came up from Columbus, Ohio to play in Ann Arbor. And, you know, it was even said in contemporary reports when they showed up, there were people there that were old enough to remember the Toledo War and the animosity between the states. And they said that, it, like, even in that first game, like, you can sort of feel that old hatred building up. Like, these were just two teams that did not like each other from two states that historically did not like each other. And in that first meeting... Michigan won 34 to 0. Whoa. Suck it, OSU. Hey. Yeah, so, you know, it's sort of um, really that's where the seeds were planted for this football rivalry. You, you just go up there and you get embarrassed by this foot, this team, this Michigan team that's taken a sport that was invented in your state and beat you. So it uh, sort of uh, becomes this long standing rivalry between the two schools. Hmm. All, all because 60 years before that, they didn't want to give up some land. Yeah, the land that you have to travel to to get to each state. It's such a bizarre reason to... Well, it's sort of just the carrying over that animosity between the two states, and it sort of became a, a focal point for that animosity. Mm-hmm. Like, it all boils down to now, you know, Michigan versus Ohio State. Like, we were just talking about at yeah. the beginning... Like when you're like, Ohio sucks. You hate Ohio? No, not really. You know, it's just, yeah. you're just ingrained to think that way. Like, eh, no, I'm from Michigan. Ohio sucks. I'm from Ohio. Michigan sucks. Well, and I mean, it's not like they're going to stand and fight over that same strip of land anymore. They got to move that, you yeah, know. Like, <laughs> not anymore. I mean, what's worth fighting for? Putin Bay? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing really, you know, everything's already set in stone where the boundaries right. are and where everything's, you know, everything is what it is. So, yeah, like, let's... So now it's that let's it's, fight over football. <laughs> right. So it simply boils down to bragging rights. Yeah. That's, you know, my state is better than yours. Our schools are better than yours. Our football team is better than yours. And I think that's where a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff kind of came out where the schools started splitting too. like U of M to this day and always has had that real elitist reputation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good school, though. It's a great school. Like, academically, academically not just talking sports. Why. It's a really good school. Right, that's why. Like, in addition to them making football a priority at, a, at, a, at the beginning of the sport, they also, um, you know, got a lot of wealth coming in from the auto industry as the auto industry started uh, taking off in yeah. the early 20th century. 
a lot of money coming in funding the school. Those... It was a magnet for a lot of, um, you know, the wealthy families on the East Coast, and it still is, yeah. where they will, you know, send their kids out here because it's like the best public university in America. Brains and brawn over right. there, those Wolverines. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I'm a guy, I went to Michigan State. I'm a Michigan State fan, but I'll even admit, you, the University of Michigan is impressive. Yeah. It's an impressive school. The amount of, like, just research and everything that comes out of it. Like, not only has it been this historic football powerhouse, but it's also, you know, a wonderful research university. Yeah. It's, it's got a good medical program. Yeah. And, um, engineering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's tops for so many different programs. Like, the only school that compares to it in the Midwest, as far as academics, is probably Northwestern, which is a private school, mm-hmm. also a Big Ten member. So that's why it's sort of that easy comparison. Now, OSU, on the other hand, is sort of the quintessential state college. Like, this is exactly the school you think of whenever you think of, like, a state college. Mm-hmm. It's massive. It's, you know, got these traditions, these football traditions, the Greek life traditions. It's a party school. It's... All this stuff so you what think are of, they doing academically down there? I mean, they're not a horrible school. They're mm, put me on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would say you know certain things like they have a good medical school. Um, you know, a lot of other things too. They're 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 good, but they're not Michigan. Okay. And I hate to say it, but you guys know you're not Michigan when it comes. to... I mean, to, facts are facts. You're not right. You know, you're just. That's why I asked, how right. are they academically? I'm not saying how smart are their people, you right. know, I'm not. Like I kind of think of, I kind of put OSU and uh, I don't know, I hope the, I hope Wisconsin doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but I kind of put OSU on the same level as Wisconsin as far as just like great public university system. You know, they've got like the, the satellite schools in other cities. The main campus is, you know, right there in the state capital. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, right in Madison and Wisconsin in Columbus and Ohio State. Like, it's different than Michigan State. Like, Michigan State, I would say, is smaller compared to both of those schools. Yeah. I mean, the enrollment might be on par or even higher because Michigan State is a huge school. But as far as reputation, as far as, like, the uh, like the, the singular um, attention of the state, like, OSU is the brand name yeah. in Ohio State. Yeah. Wisconsin is the brand name in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan State. And I'm saying this as a Michigan State person who went to Michigan State, person who loves Michigan State, Michigan State's little brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just the ag school, whereas right. like Ohio State, you know, is more than an ag school. Right. It's like I said, it's that quintessential Big Ten college in pretty much a metropolis. Mm-hmm. Like Columbus is a large world class city. Plus, it's the capital of a very populous state. Like it's it's. All the recipes are there for, you know, you having the college experience of your life. Yeah. So it's sort of like depends on, on what your take on college is. Do you want to go, you know, to a party school? Go to OSU. You want to go to, you know, overspend and, and get a, a piece of paper with a great, uh, great uh, history behind it? Go to Michigan. I right. don't know. I don't want to get into the, the debate about which school is better or any of that stuff at this point. But sort of falling off track on this. Anyway, the game, you know. As we've been, as we've said, it's been played for over 116 years, and it really started to get exciting. Uh, probably around the 1950s was uh, was when the game really ended up on the map, on the national consciousness. There was this famous game, the Snow Bowl, where one night there was just a blizzard overnight in Columbus, and we were just watching some of the footage beforehand, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was a real. Real clown show. Yeah, out there. I would not. I would have. I would have. That would have been the end of my football career. I would have been out of there. You're watching two two teams just fumble over a ball, 
in the snow. Like everything's white, and then every now and then you could see like a foot, like a small mm-hmm. little brown thing bouncing across people, the screen. People slipping, trying <laughs> it to find crazy. it. Crazy. Now, miraculously, Michigan ends up winning this game in Columbus nine to three when they blocked a, a, <laughs> an attempted field or a punt, and they fell on the ball in the the OSU end zone and got a touchdown. It was the only touchdown of the game. They won the game 9-3. to three. There was not even a first down in that wow. entire game. Just people punting the ball to each other. <laughs> just hoping somebody made a mistake. How long did the game last? Oh, I don't know. I mean, typical, you know, four quarters, oh, okay. 15 minutes a quarter okay. sort of thing. I don't know how long, you know, if there are any delays or anything like that. Anyway, the, the next year, you know, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. No one expected this blizzard. No one expected Michigan to get this win. No issue. Blows out their coach. 1951, they enter, they, they hire the man who helps turn this feud into a, a war. Enter Woody Hayes. Now, Woody Hayes is, is the quintessential college football coach. He is, he is the template for anything, whenever you think of a college coach. You know, he's got the, the horned rim glasses, the baseball cap on, the whistle. He's, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, he'd be on the side of the, uh, the, the, on the sorry, on the, 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 I just lost my words on the sideline. Yeah. Well, on the sideline, you know, wearing a a dress shirt with a tie with a windbreaker over it with his hat, his glasses, his whistle, just looking like he was down for business, just Mm -hmm. screaming at everyone, just yelling himself hoarse at all of his players, but working his players up in such a berserker frenzy that they just go on to crush Michigan in 1951. So just completely humiliated with that game. Just go on to crush Michigan in 1951 and continue to crush them for the next 15 years. They won 11 out of 15 games in the next 15 years. Woody Hayes just had an absolute hatred for Michigan. He's the guy who started calling Michigan that team up north, which is what everyone now calls Michigan in Ohio. Mm -hmm. 1969, something's got to change, right? Michigan needs a new coach. They're tired of losing to OSU. They hire a man. They, They reach out and hire a man from Woody Hayes' past. A man named Glenn Bo Schembechler. Now, Bo Schembechler was a guy who, when Woody Hayes, prior to him being a coach at OSU, he coached at other colleges, including the University of Miami, Ohio, where Bo Schembechler played as a lineman mm-hmm. uh, for, for Woody. And then Woody later brought him in as an assistant coach. And uh, Bo later you know, branched out from Woody and start and became the head coach of the University of Miami Ohio himself. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of put together a record, a resume, got on Michigan's radar. Michigan hired Bo Schembechler. Now, Woody wasn't cool with that at all. You know, Bo was his guy. Bo was his guy from his playing days and he felt like this was an absolute betrayal for Bo Schembechler. Bo Schembechler, who's the original Michigan man in Michigan lore, which is hilarious. Because he's an Ohio guy who came yeah. from this Ohio coaching tree. He takes over in 1969, takes over as the, the, the head coach of the University of Michigan. 1969 faces an undefeated Ohio State team, his first time playing Ohio State. He beats them like a dog. Breaks their 22-game win streak. Student outcoaches the teacher. The feud is born. This is the beginning of what's what known. What was the score? Uh, the final score, I... Uh, I don't have that written down right now. Sorry. That's all right. You can edit that part out. <laughs> Maybe he didn't beat him like a dog. Maybe he only just kind of partially. Well, I'm trying to tell a story, here, okay. right? 
Anyway, this starts what's known what's known favorably among the fan bases as the Ten Year War, mm-hmm. which is you know about a decade of of just this constant back and forth between these two teams, just playing their guts out, just pure hatred on both sides. Michigan ends up getting the uh, winning the uh, the Ten Year War years, winning you know winning more games than Ohio State. The Ten Year War. Comes to an end in 1978 when post the uh, the the U- University of Michigan won Ohio- won against Ohio State in 1978. Ohio State still went to a bowl game where they were playing Clemson, and Woody Hayes lost his mind and punched a Clemson player during Jesus. the game. Woody gets fired. It's the end of the ten year war. Now that was probably like the most historical like favorite era mm-hmm. of football between. Um, Ohio State and and Michigan. It's the one that everyone remembers. For me, I remember in the '90s. That's when I kind of you know got got college football on my radar and the uh, classic uh, matches between uh, Cooper, John Cooper at OSU, and Lloyd Carr and their teams. And John Cooper was a man who could not beat Michigan. Like Michigan just kicked his ass every year, to, mm-hmm. and that's why they got rid of him as a coach. Like he was a great coach. But he could not beat Michigan. And if you're going to be a coach at Ohio State, you need to beat Michigan. Yeah. So he had to go. And that's when they brought in Jim Tressel, which started this kind of new era that we're in today of complete and utter dominance by Ohio State. Michigan just gets its ass handed to them. They haven't won in years. And now with uh, Michigan has Jim Harbaugh as their coach. He's a former Michigan player who played under Bo Beckler kind of fits the mold, like fits the mold to a T of of the Michigan man, mm-hmm. which is what they want as a coach in Michigan. They want a man who understands, you know, the traditions of Michigan, the winning ways of Michigan, preferably somebody who has a tie to Bo Schembechler, the original Michigan man. You know, he's their guy. Harbaugh's their guy, but he can't beat Ohio State. And he's been there, what are we on, six, seven years now? I don't have the number exactly, but he's been there a long time and he's not beating Ohio State. Do you think they're going to get rid of him soon? I mean, traditional logic would say you got to get rid of this guy. You got to beat Ohio State because the game hasn't been competitive in decade and a half, almost yeah. two decades. Ohio State's been killing us. They're on. They currently have a uh, an eight game winning streak. The score for the nineteen sixty nine game was twenty four twelve. Okay, twenty four twelve. There you go. Yep. So the the score currently between the two teams. Michigan leads the series 58 to 51 with six ties. And this is this is since This the, is up until the November 26, 2021. Okay. Michigan leads the series all time 58 to 51 to with six ties. So you can football can end in a tie? Um it yeah, it doesn't happen often. Okay. Um in fact, I think people try to make sure it doesn't end in a tie anymore. Like you see um Geez, there was just some game that had some crazy amount of overtime played to it. But generally, a game can end in a tie if, um, like, you go into these different. They change the overtime rules often every mm-hmm. season. I do remember once there was uh, it was Michigan versus Illinois, probably about ten years ago, and that game had like five overtimes. Wow, Michigan ended up prevailing. But yeah, so a game can end in a tie. Uh, the current win streak is eight games in a row from Ohio State. Okay. They've won the past eight in a row. The historic or the, the, the longest win streak historically is nine games by Michigan. So if Ohio State wins this year, 2021, 
they will tie the the win streak by Michigan huh. for the longest streak. So I don't. Yeah, I just don't understand football enough to know. So so when there's a tie like that, if there's ties like that, what does it do for like the like the season? Because like you're supposed to win. Yeah. Oh, it'll it can screw up your season if there's a tie. That's why they don't play for ties anymore. Like ties are more common back in the day. You don't really see them anymore. Okay. Like for instance, the uh, this game, there's a game that's called the greatest football game ever played. Probably hyperbole. It was in the '60s. It was between Notre Dame and Michigan State University, and this is probably why I say it's the greatest game ever because Michigan State. It ended in a 10-10 tie. It's considered the greatest game ever played. But by, nobody by actually won. Nobody won. I believe, uh, like. Notre Dame was number one in the country and Michigan State was number two in the country and they played to a 10 10 tie and it's called the greatest game in football history. So, what it, but what is it like? What am I trying to ask here? So, if you've got, if you, if you're playing for the championship, whatever the championship is for that, for the year or whatever, if you're playing for the championship and you are up against another team and you've both had, five wins and five losses and now you guys are playing this game together and you, and it ends in a tie like what happens like who like am i making sense like yeah, how do you how do you, you like advance team yeah how do you advance right that's why like that. as i said they don't play for ties ties do event do happen but generally they won't happen in a championship game happen in you know a regular season game oh like they will you will see a game played till its end I can't think of an example like in a bowl game or, or where, you know, the national championship was on the line where it ended in a tie. Oh, okay. So it's just never even happened yet. As far as I know. I okay. mean, I'm no no almanac for any of this stuff. Yeah. Well, but, you, uh, I mean, compared to me, you are. <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I don't understand football at all, so. Right. So that's where we're at on the game. It's, uh, it, it is uh, Ohio State's world right now. Meaning they're currently own Michigan. Okay. With eight wins in a row. So where, so every year do they switch where they play the game? Yes, they do. Yes, okay. they do. Um, let me think. They it, they're playing in even numbered years. I believe they play in Ohio, and in odd number years they play in Michigan. Okay. Always at twelve noon. Always the very last Saturday of the Big Ten season. Did now. Coronavirus didn't pause this at all last Actually, year. It did last did year it? they didn't play. Oh. They didn't end up playing because of the coronavirus. So they'd never played at all. Not last, last year. year, no. Okay. I forgot how that played out. Really, I just remember last year was just kind of a weird season. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of games getting canceled and very abbreviated season. Um, I couldn't even remember if uh, if they did play or not until I I saw something that said they didn't. So right. Okay. Um, are there any other like? Are there any other rivalries in football and with states like this, like other places, or is it primarily? There's there's plenty of rivalries. This is just this one is just kind of like the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, like this one's considered um, by a lot of people, including like ESPN, that this is the greatest sports rivalry in North America out of all the sports and it all the entirety of North America. And it all started over a strip of. It a all small started strip over Toledo, land. really. <laughs> How weird! I know, isn't That's that crazy? So just like, and like. I mean, Toledo's cool and all, but. Yeah. 
It is now. I mean, I'm thinking back to the 1800s. How freaking cool was it then? Like, I mean, who knows? Back then, it might have been you know bigger than Detroit. Maybe it just point. seems like. And in my head, I mean, you know how my brain works. When you when you tell me something, I nine times out of ten, I can picture like a, like an image pops into my head of what it must have looked like. And all I can picture are like just a bunch of dudes like standing across from each other, like in a row, just like either side of like a small crick or something like telling your mama jokes you yeah. know what i mean like well, I mean, what are of, they like you said it was bloodless there wasn't right. shooting like what but i mean they you rock, know the, paper scissors the mommy river it's a it's a big wide river it's the river that toledo's on yeah you know it's 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 a big weird river yeah i'm so just they probably couldn't even shoot across the river at the time yeah i mean it's just it's just a very it's one of those loading their muskets. Yeah, and, like it's just one of those things that it's like you think about it and it's such a long time ago that you have absolutely nothing in your memory to reference it to. Mm-hmm. So it's like my brain just makes up what it could have been and yeah, it's just a bunch of dudes telling your mama jokes, like trying to just screaming at each <laughs> yeah, other. I mean, or the typical OSU U of M jokes. Yeah, it's just know? like it's just because, I mean, what else could it have been? Who knows? And now I'm just really curious. Like, what was going on in Toledo in the 1800s where Michiganders were like, we have to have yeah. Toledo. It's got to be ours. I mean, again, it was a shipping shipping city. I know, but. Right there. You don't got your access to the, uh, the, the lakes. In my fantastical brain, there's got to be more. Okay. Well, how about this? How about the fur trade? Okay. You like that? The fur trade? I do like fur. Because that's kind of what the Northwest Territories was around for, was the Canadian fur trade. Yeah. So I, I think that the, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question. But in terms of, you know, what we gained in losing Toledo, being the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. did we win the war or did we lose that war? Oh, we won it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Now, did the UP win the war? I don't know. Do they want to be part of Michigan? Do they want to be part of Wisconsin? Do they want to be their own state? I'm not sure. Well, let's keep them around for a while. I hope so. I hope you stick around. You're kind people. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. So, I I mean, as two big fans of the Upper Peninsula, we definitely won the war. We did. Yeah. Even though our team gets its ass handed to them. That's all right. I mean, I'm not much. Yearly. I'm not much of a football person. So it's like, meh. I, I do remember being... Um, this was a long time ago. I went to Ohio, went to Ohio State with a girlfriend of mine because she wanted me to come along for a party that she mm-hmm. was going to. And I do remember just drunk people wandering the streets screaming, O-H-I-O. Yeah. And it was just like, this is crazy. Did you go during a, a during college football season? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I It may have been like beginning of a school year mm-hmm. type like well like a welcome week type situation okay you yeah. know yeah so it was just everybody was real fired up for to, to be yeah to be an ohio state student to be on campus to you know be a football player and whatever i don't have a whole lot of memories from that evening um yeah. But that's a different show. Um, but yeah, I just remember, you know, hearing people and just being parts of these giant crowds of yeah. people that would just scream OH and then somebody would yell back IO. And I I mean, Ohio like, State has a bunch of those traditions and just that, that hardcore college culture. Like their 
their marching band is i mean they're called the best damn band in the land for oh, a reason really? they're you know they they invest so much like even in their marching band their marching band has to be on point and be the best marching band in the nation well, like that's how much like ohio state just epitomizes college culture yeah I mean, I'm here for the marching band. Being a former band geek myself, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm here for that. I oh, love... we'll definitely watch the go go on YouTube and watch some Ohio State marching band. All right, they do some crazy stuff. Playing a little Michael Jackson, and they're all love like, it moving around in a big, uh, big formation where it looks like Michael Jackson moonwalking across. The I field. have seen that. Yeah. I have seen that. That's dope. Yeah, a lot of precision, military precision. Love it. That marching band. When I was in marching band, um, we did Star Wars. Yeah, so it was, was the really Michigan exciting. marching band. It was, it was, I mean, how dare you? I didn't mean to turn on Michigan. It's just funny because I was just thinking like while we were just talking about Ohio State, it's like what does is, what is Michigan's marching band do that's so great? And honestly, all I can think about is just hearing them just kind of. Oh yeah. I remember we did it in high school. Yeah. Um, and so, and this was early 90s when we were doing it in my high school but um yeah i loved it i thought it was so much fun and i mean again star wars nerd anyways Mm -hmm. so i was in heaven but yeah i mean if you you know if i'm gonna watch football and that's that's what's a bummer to me is that whenever we of course we're usually watching pro football but you know if i'm watching football i want to stick around like that's what i want to see is the halftime show i want to see the marching band well with an ohio state game they generally will play like some of the highlights of the oh uh, well then I'll watch the halftime show. All right, I can get behind that. All right, so are you think you're ready for the big game then? Yeah, I mean, sure. All right, you I gotta, don't I don't have anything else going on that day, so you don't have to say it, but you got a team you want to win. Well, I mean, yeah. All right, I'm a Michigan girl. I I born and raised. I gotta I gotta root for the home team. Do you? I do. Yeah, I just enjoy the Great Lakes, and that's why I say go green. <laughs> That's fair. And I mean if you mix red or yellow and blue together, you do get green, so. All right. That's fine. What sort of um if we're if we're watching a football game between Michigan and Ohio State, what are the Midwestern snacks that you're going to have? Well, I mean, if you're going to snack, it's just going to be some chips and some salsa. I don't know. I'd like us some potato chips. I would love a big bowl of chili. Yeah. But I think more about uh, tailgating. More about a tailgate. You're more of a, you know, grill some burgers or some dogs. and It's too cold for that in the end of November. It's never too cold for a tailgate, especially for this game. Nope. Can't do it. I got to stay inside. Well, you I'll stay be, inside and watch the I'll game. I'll be inside with my pickled bologna and sharp cheddar. Is that what you're going for? Pickled bologna and sharp cheddar? It's my Midwestern snack. All right. Well, then I will have some dried cherries. <laughs> and some brick cheese. You're making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> anyway, I think we're uh, we're good on this topic. We're right? good. You feel, you feel good on this. You feel like you, yeah, you know, I next mean, time someone yells "oh in your face, you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna leave and be like, "Chill out, I'm chill just, out, Buckeye." Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I hear you. No, I actually, I'm gonna ask them if they understand why they're yelling that at me. That's what I'm saying. Like, Do you, you know the history, sir? Right. You got Toledo. Shut up. <laughs> You got what you wanted. You shut up now. There you go. That's what I say. I'm just kidding. I love you, Ohio. Thanks for being such a, a good rival. I love you, Miranda, that lives in Ohio. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap this up. All I've right. Been- 
Hey, before we say goodbye, though, I do want to say um, make sure that you're following us on social media. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Um, both are just Great Lakes Confidential, so you can find us on either one of those. Um, we have a TikTok that is um, it's called Joy Road Media, which is the network that we that we're on. Um, proud to be a part of that. Yes, very proud to be a part of. Actually, I am a co-founder to hey, Joy Road Media, so. Um, little partial to that one, but Joy Road Media also has a Facebook page, a an Instagram, a Twitter that we're still trying to figure out how to use. Because you are the fielding Yoast of podcasting. Nobody, nobody knows how to use a Twitter um, and a TikTok. So follow us on any of those and drop us a line, holler, let us know when you got <laughs> home safely. Peace out, Girl Scout. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>